Section 17 of Essays on Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shreya Sethi. Essays on Art by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Samuel Gray Ward. Section 17. The Collector and His Friends. Letter 7, Part 1 Letter 7 Yet another sheet from Julia's hand. Again, you see the handwriting of which you augured an easily apprehending, easily imparting mind. One that floated lightly over subjects. In sooth, these qualities must stand me instead this day. If I am to fulfil a duty which is in the strictest sense forced upon me, for I feel thereto neither called nor fitted. But the gentleman will have it so, and so it must be. I am to give you an account of our proceedings yesterday, must depict the persons who visited our cabinet, and thereafter explain to you a most interesting piece of framework, into which, in time to come, each and every artist and friend of art who holds fast, I will attempt and by a single part and does not raise himself to the contemplation of the whole is to be fitted and set the first part being historical i will attempt and to-morrow i will see if i cannot decline the remainder of the commission but that you may know how it falls to my lot to correspond with you i will shortly relate what took place last evening after our guest's departure we had been sitting long together that is our uncle our young friend who will no longer be called philosopher and the two sisters and had entertained ourselves with the day's occurrences and enrolled ourselves as well as our friends in the different rubrics when we were about to separate my uncle began now who shall give to our absent friend whom we have so often wished for whom we have so often thought of today a speedy account of all that has befallen and of the progress we have made in the knowledge and judgment of ourselves as well as others we must not fail of this communication so that we may get something back again from him and thus the snowball be ever kept rolling and increasing i replied i did not think it could be in better hands than if our uncle gave the history of our day and our friend should take upon himself to give an account of the new theory and its application so soon as you pronounce the word theory said our friend i must retreat and excuse myself with precipitation happy as i should be to please you in all things i know not what it is has been leading me all day from mistake to mistake no sooner did i once break my silence in regard to art which i ought first to have acquired some knowledge of than i suffered myself to be persuaded to set down on paper my notions which must appear theoretical on a subject of which i am not master leave me in the consoling belief that i was led into this weakness through affection for my worthy friend but spare me the disgrace of appearing with these crudities before persons in whose presence 
i as a stranger would not wish to appear at such disadvantage my uncle now declared that for his part for the next eight days he should not be at leisure to think of a letter my near and distant patients demand all my attention i must visit write consultations go into the country try my dear children how you can agree together my idea was that julia should take her pen forthwith and begin with the historical and end with the speculative part she has an excellent memory for events and in her pleasantry i have noticed that she often takes the lead of us in reasoning goodwill is the only thing wanting and in this quality she is still richer than in the others these were the words thus am i forced to write about myself i held out as long as i could but was obliged to yield at last and i will not deny that i was finally determined by a couple of good friendly words from the young man who has acquired i know not what power over me and now my thoughts are directed towards you my pen hurries away to you it seems to me while i write that the distance between us is fast melting away now i am with you may i and my story find a friendly welcome we had hardly risen from table yesterday when two strangers were announced they were a governor and his pupil wickedly disposed and eager for our prey we hastened to the cabinet the young gentleman was a pretty quiet young man his tutor's manners were good though not distinguished after the usual preface he looked round at the pictures and asked leave to take notes concerning the most remarkable my uncle good-naturedly pointed out to him the best pieces in each apartment the stranger noted down briefly the name of the master and the subject he wished also to know how much each work had cost how much it was worth in ready money in which respects we were of course not always able to gratify him the young gentleman was rather pensive than observant he seemed most inclined to linger by lonely landscapes rock scenes and waterfalls our guest of the preceding day whom i will in further distinguish as the characteristic now made his appearance he was cheerful and good-humoured joked with the uncle and nephew about yesterday's dispute and assured them that he still hoped to convert them my uncle equally affable led him to an interesting picture our friend seemed dull and sad and i took him to task about it he affirmed that his opponent's good humour had disturbed him for the moment but promised to get over it forthwith we were observing how affably our uncle conversed with his guest when a lady entered with two travelling companions we girls who had donned our best in anticipation of this visit hastened to bid her welcome she was friendly and conversable and we did not quarrel with a certain degree of sternness that became her age and condition though a head shorter than my sister and i she seemed to look down upon us and to please herself with the superiority of her mind and experience we asked her what she would look at she assured us that she preferred to walk around alone in a gallery or cabinet that she might be left to her own feelings we left her to her feelings and maintained a becoming distance observing that she expressed to her companions her disapprobation of some dutch pictures and their ignoble subjects i thought to recommend myself by placing on the easel a case containing a superb reclining venus 
The master is uncertain, but all agree to its great excellence. I opened the doors and desired her to step into the proper light. But alas, how little did I serve myself. No sooner did she set eyes on the picture than she cast them down and looked at me with evident displeasure. I did not expect, she said, to have such an object placed before my eyes by a young and modest girl. Why not? said I. And can you ask why? replied the lady. I collected myself and said with the appearance of naivete, Certainly, gracious lady, I see no reason why I should not show you this picture, especially since I thought I was giving a proof of my zeal in showing you in the outset this gem of our collection, usually kept until the last. The lady, and so this nakedness does not disturb you. Julia, I do not know why I should be disturbed by the sight of the most beautiful that I can behold, and besides, this object is not new to me. I have seen it ever since I was a child. Lady, I cannot praise your instructors who let such objects become familiar to your eyes. Julia, pardon me, but how was it possible to prevent it? How could they do otherwise? They taught me natural history. They showed me the birds in their feathers, the beasts in their furs. They hid not from me the scales of the fishes, and yet to hide from me the form of man to which the whole points, aims, and tends? Is that possible? For certain, if they had shown me all men dressed up in hoods, I should not have tarried nor stayed till I had seen a man's face. And besides, am I not a girl myself? How can you hide man from himself? And is it not a good school of modesty? since we always think well of our own looks to make us acquainted with the truly beautiful the lady humility operates within outwards mademoiselle and true modesty needs no external incitement it seems to me also it would not be foreign to a lady's duties for her to bridle her curiosity to restrain her inquisitiveness and at least keep it out of the way of objects that might in so many senses become dangerous julia there may be persons my lady who are susceptible to such negative virtues as to my own education you must take my worthy uncle to task for that he often said to me accustom yourself to the free contemplation of nature she will always awaken serious reflections and the beauty of art will hallow the sentiments that arise from it End of section 17 Recording by Shreya Sethi